The following is a presentation of the Eastern Michigan Sports Network from Learfield. Straight from the 734, it's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Presented by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Your chance to get in on the action. Now, let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all, Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell. Welcome inside this Martin Luther King Day edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast. Alex, it's a day that many around the country take notice about where we've come as a country and still where we have to go as a people and nation as well. Absolutely. There's nothing really better to say than that, Greg. It's great to be with you on another Monday of the Eastern Insider Podcast. And you said it, Eastern Michigan has done so many things on the forefront over the years of trying to uh, have the conversation and do things in the community and get their student athletes involved. We see, we've seen that even in the recent years with some of the student-led initiatives that have happened here. If you've missed any of that, of course, uh, plenty of ways to go back and check out all of the great things that our student athletes have been involved in. Of course, we know on campus, there's always a big celebration of Martin Luther King Jr. Day and, and a lot of programming that not only celebrates who he was, but talks about the missions he tried to accomplish and uh, the progress that was made, but also so the progress needs to be made. So we could spend a whole show on uh, all of those things and continue to talk about it. But we just encourage everybody to reflect on a day like today, look into the, some of the things that Eastern Michigan is doing. If you're interested and you are around the university, a lot of virtual programming this year, and then just continue to do your part, whether you uh, are striving towards one mission or another, no matter what your beliefs are, no matter what side of the aisle you sit on, there's things that we can all be better at in our personal lives and as a, as a community and as a society. So lots of progress to make. And then if you're Eastern Michigan Athletics, we've got plenty of teams that are trying to make progress as well as we continue on into the winter semester. We certainly do. It was a big day for Eastern Michigan Athletics today. For the aspect, the annual grade report came out and fall GPAs again were very good for Eastern Michigan. It was another uh, year that or in semester that saw Eastern post a GPA above a 3.0 for the term. That's the 24th. Third, fourth consecutive uh, month and semester they've done that. Very impressive. Tip of the cap to our student athletes, coaches, and especially uh, our student athlete support services staff that make that happen to keep our students on the field because without that effort in the classroom, they wouldn't be playing their sport. Well, make uh, no mistake about it. There's a direct correlation between Eastern Michigan having the most Mid-American Conference championships and then the success that historically we've had in the classroom. It's taken very seriously here. Our student athletes do a great job and it's not an easy thing to be as successful uh, in the classroom as well as juggling the student athlete schedule. So kudos to everybody involved, kudos to everybody in the SAS office that we've talked about and uh, congratulations to everybody that had another great semester last uh, fall. And because of the students' grades and everything that they're able to do, that means we're still able to see action on the field and on the court all over Eastern Michigan athletics. And it'll be a big week this week. Both teams in basketball, Greg, are going to try to rebound. And before you get into a little bit about the matchups, I think we should lay out real quick that people may notice all of the scheduling changes that's going on. And so wanted to take a second just to explain what's going on here. Obviously, we did not expect, I don't think, there be to be quite as many scheduling changes as there were last year. Maybe that was a little naive on my part specifically. But basically, if you noticed, for example, Western Michigan will come to town to play Eastern Michigan in women's basketball on Wednesday. They were originally scheduled to play this Wednesday at Western Michigan. 
The game for this Wednesday was originally postponed because Western couldn't meet the threshold of players that the MAC has set forth, which is seven student-athletes, scholarship student-athletes, and one coach that has to be available. So that game originally got canceled and moved to February. But later in this week, or earlier this week, excuse me, the late end of last week, Western came back and said, actually, we meet the threshold now, so we're going to move days. So there's been a lot of juggling, so now we're back to playing on Wednesday, except they'll come here this time, and so much juggling, all that to be said, Everybody, there's going to be changes in the schedule. It's going to be very last minute. We're going to do our best to continue to bring you all the coverage via radio, TV when we can, streaming. So just stick with us. We'll have all the updates on emueagles.com and on social media throughout the semester. But if everybody's wondering out there, that's that's what's happening. These teams are trying to get the games in. If they can hit the threshold of seven scholarship student-athletes and at least one coach, those games are going to be tried to be played so you don't have to make them up on the back end of the year. Yeah, however you get your scheduling information, whether it's emugles.com, newspaper, radio, this podcast, smoke signals, whatever you want, <laughs> we'll send them out to you. Just know you'll want to follow along EMU basketball this week. Men's basketball at home against Kent State. Uh, the Golden Flashes come to the Gervin Center coming up on Tuesday. That will be a 7 o'clock start. As Alex mentioned, women's basketball, former Eastern Michigan assistant Shane Klipfeld brings his team into the building. That will be a Wednesday, 7 o'clock start. And then the men go on the road. They'll be at Akron this weekend. Meanwhile, women's basketball, they will host Northern Illinois inside the Gervin Center. That will be a 2 o'clock start. We also, after last week, saw gymnastics open their season at home uh, with a nice win over Central Michigan. Always good to beat the Chips. Always they good. will be back out in action. They head to good old Bloomington Normal to take on the Redbirds of Illinois State. I'm sure our good friend Katie Gonzalez will be out there watching them flip all over Doug Cowan's court. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, gymnastics started off with a, with a great win this past Friday. Great to see the defending MAC champions get one under their belt. So a lot of exciting action. And then don't forget, it's also track and field season, Greg. So indoor track and field going on right now. Both teams will be over just a, a stone's throw away in Ann Arbor this weekend at the Michigan Track and Field Invitational. So lots of action. And then, of course, Winter now in full effect, which means the indoor sports are taking place. So swim and dive is back. So don't forget that they're also competing on Saturday against Ball State at 3 p.m. So lots of action. And uh, we've been talking about this all year, how full the schedules would be. Certainly it is. Last week, you heard from Eric Roof on the podcast. His season is creeping ever closer in baseball. So Lots of excitement, but Just you mentioned a couple weeks from golf as well. A couple weeks from golf, but I think the highlights this week are really uh, for basketball. And th- with that being said, you talked about it. There's so many opportunities to come out in the next week or so and see some home basketball. Kent State's in town tomorrow. That's going to be a big one for Stan Heath because, as we all know, he led the Kent State Golden Flashes for one season, took them to the NCAA Elite Eight. So a chance to now return as a MAC head coach and play. Kent State for the first time, so I'm sure he'll be excited about that. Yeah, max seating will be a big priority. Remember, there are no divisions this year, so it's a complete 12-team conference slate in terms of who makes it. There are no more division matchups. It's all straight 12 up, 12 down. It's true round robin, too. Everybody's going to play everybody twice, as long as the scheduling allows. Golden Flash is right now 3-3 in league play, Eastern Michigan at 2-2, so a vital game coming up, but it's been Kent State that's had Eastern Michigan's number Really, since the century turn, the Golden Flashes have not had a losing season this century, surprisingly, joining uh, a lot of elite teams. Kent, uh, Kent State joins Xavier, Gonzaga, Kansas, Duke, Arizona, Michigan State, 
and the surprising one, Maryland, of that mix. But a good group. But it'll be a fun matchup as Rob Senderhoff and his club come to town. Uh, they are coming off a big-time win over their rival Akron over the weekend. And Eastern needs a little momentum after they dropped a game that uh, they – against the NIU team that was uh, coming off and hadn't played at home in a long time, and the Huskies came out on fire. They did, and Eastern Michigan still looking for to get a little bit more consistent on the road. They got one, one win on the road against Western Michigan earlier in the season, but really needs to sure up that. And if you talk to Stan Heath, he'll tell you it's defense, defense, defense that needs to be addressed. Another team, though, that Greg is looking for a pick-me-up win is the women's basketball squad as well. They are coming off a tough loss at Kent State this past weekend. One player that's going to be really important in doing that and helping the team to turn the tide is Ariana Combs, the redshirt senior. We all know what she's been able to do. We've talked so much about her, but another milestone reached in her career this past weekend. A thousand points at Eastern Michigan. Greg, she did it in 55 games. That is unheard of. 18.3 points per game over her career. 55 career games. She scored double figures in 53 of them. So, Enough of us of us talking about what she's going to have to do. She'll get on the show today and tell you herself what her assessment of her own career at Eastern Michigan has been. But also, she's pretty frank to address some of the issues that she thinks that the team is having. And the good news is she's very confident they can get resolved. We all know that this team is uber talented athletically. So it's only a matter of time, I think, before they get the shift, uh, flip that kind of script and get ready to have a chance to contend for the MAC title. Yeah, the one thing Eastern has usually been very good about is defense, and they've, the last few games, let a lot of wide-open shots go, especially against Kent State the other day, and more before that, against Ball State uh, the other day. So it'll be interesting to see how they can respond against a Western Michigan club that, don't forget, has been shut down for a little bit with COVID, so we'll see how they respond. But Shane always has his girls ready to play. And then we also continue with the basketball side of things. Uh, we heard the, his name mentioned in terms of the building, but now we'll actually get to hear from him. And that's the legend himself, George Gervin, who sat down with our Tom Helmer just a little while ago uh, before all of the ceremonies and pomp and circumstance, but it's a great conversation that Tom has uh, with the Iceman. It is. It was originally aired on the radio that day, but if you weren't listening to WEMU, a lot of you were probably here at the stadium, so we thought it'd be good to revisit that conversation. George Gervin does a lot of great uh, storytelling. He's one of the best storytellers we've had on the show. Tom Helmer did a great interview with him, so we want to bring you that. Nobody else has heard it outside of WEMU listeners, so we wanted to bring that to you here as a little bit of a rewind on the Eastern Insider Podcast. So that's enough for us. We've done a long preview for this episode, so we will send it to a quick break. On the other side, you're going to hear from Ariana Combs. Then we'll take one more short one before Tom Helmer sits down with the legend himself, George the Iceman Gervin. So stay tuned, listen in, and enjoy this episode of the Eastern Insider Podcast. For 82 years, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan has been and continues to be committed to families all across Michigan. By providing access to care however, wherever, and whenever they need it, Blue Cross is here for it all and always will be. Whether you're in the D or out to sea, we always bring you the E on the only show that brings you all things Eastern all the time. The Eastern Insider Podcast.
Well, 24 players have hit the 1,000 point mark in Eastern Michigan women's basketball history. And today we're joined by number 24. She did it on Saturday. Alex Jewell joined alongside Ariana Combs, who hit that plateau at Kent State this past weekend. Ariana, first off, congratulations on the milestone. When you hear me say a thousand point score at Eastern Michigan, what, what does that mean to you? Um, thank you. And it, it just means a lot. It just makes me think about how far I've come over the years. Just previously not been a scorer to taking over certain roles that I needed to take over, doing whatever the team needed me to do to win and help us be successful. But it just to, it just shows me that the ceiling is higher for me and I have a lot more to accomplish. When we think about college basketball specifically, there's kind of milestones that everybody associates with success. On the team side of things, you say if a team has a 20-win season, that's a really good mark for a season. On the individual side of things, that 1,000-point mark is something where <laughs> someone looks at that and says, that's a really impressive career. You've hit that. I know you're very in tune to stats and, and how you're playing and how the team's playing. Is that something you've set as a goal for yourself to get there? Or does that just come naturally and, um, you know, really just you let the basketball talk for itself? Honestly, just let the basketball talk for itself. Just because, like, the position and the role that I've been put in, I don't necessarily think about stats. I just think about what do I need to do for the team to win, for us to win, for us to be successful. And a big part of that is me scoring the ball. But I never really even totaled up my point. I never even really thought about it. I'm saying, like, when they said that I got 1,000 points at Kent State, I was in confusion when they subbed me out and everybody was cheering. I thought it was because I didn't take get another foul. I didn't really know it was for the 1,000 points until they came and told me. I'm like, oh, wow. I didn't even know that. But it does just show me that I'm capable and I can do more. Well, it only took you 55 games to hit the 1,000-point mark. That's an incredibly fast pace. That means you've averaged over 18 points a game since you stepped on the court for Eastern Michigan. I don't know if you know this, but you've played 55 games here. You've scored in double digits 53 of those games. So you've only had two games mm-hmm. under 10 points, which is, which is certainly a milestone that almost nobody is able to accomplish in their career. Teams have learned about you over the last couple of seasons. So their game plans have adjusted to try to defend you. How have you adjusted your game in the last couple of years to continue to build on your success? Well, my role has changed for one. And then um, just the players around me, me knowing the players, me knowing the player spot, me knowing what they like to do, me knowing where they are all at all times on the court. Like I always look for, it's like two people automatic, my shooter and my post player. Cause I know that like, that's like, we're ha- we have a big three, like a big three, good shooter, good post players. And then we have a good freshman and we have Juanita on the court. So just me being in tune with my players, knowing what they like, knowing where their spots is like less more, uh, less about me, more about them. So in turn, we all can eat. Cause like most teams do focus on just me, but it ain't like that no more. I get off the ball, pass it to my teammates. My teammates can make plays for me. I can make plays for them and always count on them to do the right thing. Well, I'll tell you what, you talk about a lot of the depth that you have on the team. There's players coming off your bench even that mm-hmm. would be starters most places. In fact, it's rare for a team to have one 1,000-point score. You guys have two 1,000-point mm-hmm. scores. Courtney Lewis did it a couple seasons ago. This year, she's been a role player for mm-hmm. you guys. You got to see her score her 1,000th point a couple of seasons ago. What does it mean to you to be able to, to share the court with her and know that she's also hit the milestone? And, and like I said, she's coming off the bench for you guys mm-hmm. in a lot of situations. Just to have that type of talent, how, how important is that for your team? It's very important. Coach Cashel talks a lot about our depth. Having depth is one thing, but having a player that's always ready is another. And Courtney has been one of those players for us. In key games, we need her to come in and just be sharp right off back. And she'll give us a spark, whether that's offensively, defensively, rebounding the ball. We just can always count on Courtney to be there and be be awake, be living in that moment. And then like just our depth, it really matters. But then 
it just comes all up to me knowing my role, playing my role, me doing what's good for the team. And Courtney has done that to a T this year. So I really respect her for that. Well, we talk a lot about family here in this program, obviously. And I know that your family is one that you're really close to and you attribute a lot of your success to. Mm-hmm. But you have a lot of family both here in the basketball family, but also your family at home. Mm-hmm. When you think about the 1,000-point milestone, does it make it sweeter? Or do you think about what that means for somebody like your mom or somebody like mm-hmm. Coach Carlos Adamson, who's been in your life for a really long time? Mm-hmm. I think it just allows them to think about how far I've come. I never I never just was talentedly, you know, I just didn't have a lot of talent. I always just worked hard and wanted to get paid. And now we're starting to see it pay off, you know what I'm saying? Like, a 1,000 points is not something that everybody does. So the fact that I've done it, just the hard work is paying off. Just keep pushing because you never know how far you could go. Well, last year at the end of the MAC tournament, we sat in a room together and you did a, a post-game interview. And at that time, we didn't know if that would be your last game at mm-hmm. Eastern Michigan, if you'd be coming back. You have been someone that's been pretty open since you really have gotten into this next level of basketball about wanting to take this farther than college and mm-hmm. be a professional player. For those that may not know, and we haven't really talked about it on the air, what was that process like for you after last season? Did you think about moving on? Were there conversations mm-hmm. that were had? Who did you talk to? Ultimately, why did you decided to come back? Well, it, w- it was a decision for me, but I always wanted to make the best decision like in whole. So um, I did have a few conversations and we thought it would be important for me to come back and use this year, better some of my stats, like assist the turnover ratio rate, uh, my free throw percentages, my three point percentages, stuff like that. So then that's when me and Coach Casual had an important talk and decided to move me to the one. That's why I'm the one this season and stuff like that. So in turn, I came back. We didn't end. High. It didn't end how I wanted it to end last year. You know, it just kind of like stopped. And I knew we could do better and just me having the opportunity to come back, I didn't want to regret my opportunity not taking another chance. So I just decided to take another chance. And yes, I do want to further my game. I do, after uh, college is over with, I do want to go play somewhere, whether that's overseas or in the league. I'm going to try out all my options. Well, you talk about the improvement that you wanted to make in your game, and you've certainly made some strides this year. I mean, if we look at it, you've got the highest free throw percentage right now in your career. You've got the best assist numbers by far that you've had in your career, and you're still averaging 17 points per game. What are some of the, the biggest strides that you've seen in yourself this year and are you happy with where your game's at right now or there's still things you want to work on Mm, there is still things I want to work on just because like I can never be satisfied but the biggest strides for me is just ball handling like I was a two guard but I don't think my ball handle was that was that you know what I'm saying, that tight. So I've kind of like, I've worked on my game an excruciating amount this summer, like just putting the ball in the hole and then free throws. Just because like, I used to get to the free throw line a lot, but I didn't always knock it down. And that could have made my numbers go up even more from averaging 18 to maybe averaging 20 or 22, just because like, I didn't really make free throws like that. And I never wanted to like, be that team, be that person on the team, like just go foul her, she don't go to the free throw line and miss it. So I decided to work on some things that I needed to be good at. And in turn, I think I became a better player for the team. I am happy for it. I am happy with it. I really am. Well, in one area, I, I, it's one thing to look at stats, and, and those speak for themselves, but one area that I've really noticed this year, and I think the coaches would say the same thing, interested to know if you've noticed the same shift, is it seems like you've changed your leadership style a little bit as well, where mm-hmm. in the past, you've always been known for that fiery attitude, kind of getting on the girls and having the respect to be able to do that. But this year, I've noticed a lot of times where in a timeout, you're almost coaching before Coach Castro gets into the mm-hmm. huddle and keeping people in, at an even keel and talking mm-hmm. about strategy. Have you noticed that shift in yourself too? And, and yes. has that been important for you to make that strategy? 
that stride? It has. Me and, me and Coach Castro have had numerous talks, and I've always kind of be the dog. Like, I was always be on my teammates' behinds about what they need to do and what they need to do. And just like, this year, we're so talented. Like, I just need to believe in my players and take more of a coaching standpoint rather than a player getting onto their teammates. So, like, I just try to reason with my team. I don't want to do the yelling and, and, like, the chewing on you. Like, I just really need us to get on the same page. And you can understand me. I'm just going to talk to you. We're going to work it out. We're going to figure it out. And I, I have noticed that. I really have. And I think that's why my relationship with my teammates is just so much better. And so, like, it's a close-knit. Yeah, do you feel like that? Do you feel like that's allowed you to get a little closer with people in the locker room? Because some players need, like, you're a, a sister to Sonaris Kane. So mm-hmm. someone like that, I know she responds to the fiery and, and you mm-hmm. get an honor. But do you feel like overall that's made you connect on a deeper level with your teammates, that, that style of leadership that you've implored this year? 100%. Um, I really think it's a time and place for certain things. And it's always not, always don't have to yell to get your point across. Like, you can really just go and talk and look someone in their eyes and see that they understand you without the fiery side of me. I still have the fire in me, for sure. <laughs> Especially on the court with other teammates, but with my team, I'm a sister to them. Almost a mother, honestly. Like, them are my babies. You know what I'm saying? I want to lead them in the right way, and I don't always want to do that in such a negative tone. Let's talk about uh, a little bit of the season that has been so far. Your team right now, 4-7, and 1-3 and three in MAC play, and you've played some tough games, really tight games, and there's some good... We know this league is really competitive. So, as that senior leader, and what are the conversations like with the team right now? I know you believe that there's so much more in store than, mm-hmm. than the start. <clears throat> well, right now, I think it's our focus. It's a big part of games. The first three minutes of the first quarter in the second half, which is the third quarter, the first three minutes, can determine how that whole half could go. Initially, we usually start games off pretty good. It's the third quarter that gets us. We just haven't been locked in, and then that's been something that we've been taking into like consideration in practice. We got to amp it up. We got to be on, like, we got to be on, on task, on topic with this. Like, our roles, like, the defensive coverage, we can't mess those up. We can't have back-to-back mistakes like that. So, Castro has really been on us having to do, like, certain defensive uh, certain defensive roles. Like, we have to understand that. So, in practice, he'll set up a scheme, and we have to get at least five stops in a row. If we don't get five stops, we keep doing it and keep doing it until we get it. Just so that we know that. At the end of the day, yeah, we can put the ball in the hole, but defense is what matters. We got to stop teams from scoring. Well, your team will get another shot on Wednesday night. Originally, it was supposed to be played. Then they moved the game. Now we're back to playing Wednesday night. You're going to welcome in Western Michigan, one of your in-state rivals, uh, here to the George Gervin game above center and get a chance to take a crack at them. I know it's early on in the, in the scout, but what mm-hmm. do you know about Western Michigan? What can what are you guys going to have to do to pick up that win? Because they're a team that's really improved mm-hmm. this year, too. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that Western Michigan is not the same Western Michigan. They are a team that could be really, really deadly. They have good shooters, good post play. They like to push the ball in transition. They're smart. Like, they like to do a whole bunch of off-cuts. So our defense, our tall, our rotations have to be on task. And to start the game off, we got to know what we're doing. We got to trust in the process and believe in what we're doing. Then we got to execute the main thing. You have a connection with Western Michigan. Their head coach is an Eastern Michigan graduate. Oh, no, I never knew that. Yep, Shane Clipfall. He was a coach here for 10 years and then uh, graduated from Eastern Michigan as well. So hopefully you guys can uh, (laughs) send him home with a a win for his alma mater and and take care of business on Wednesday. Ari, can't thank you enough for joining us today. Congratulations again on 1,000 points. It's an incredible accomplishment. I know it's been so fun for me and everybody else to watch you here. So good luck on Wednesday. And let's turn this thing around and uh, bring home that MAC championship later in a few months. Okay, thank you. There she is, Ariana Combs, Eastern Michigan's 24th 1,000-point score. We'll take a quick break. On the other side of this, we'll come back. Tom Helmer, he sat down with the legend himself, George Gervin, just a few weeks back. We'll play you that interview and talk about his journey from Eastern Michigan and beyond. You're listening to the Eastern Insider Podcast, the only show that brings you all things Eastern all the time. 
Looking for a ride? Trinity Transportation has the vehicle for you. From luxurious motor coaches to cozy sedans, Trinity Transportation is prepared to take you to your destination. Check out their fleet of vehicles at trinitytransportation.com or call 877-284-4200 to book today. That's trinitytransportation.com or 877-284-4200. Trinity Transportation, the official transportation provider of Eastern Michigan Athletics. There's only one place in the state of Michigan that takes you straight inside the locker room, and that's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Your chance to get in on the action, bringing you more coverage than any other program in the mitten. Welcome back. I am joined by the Iceman, the man of the hour, George Gervin. Welcome back to Eastern Michigan University. Hey, thank you very much, man. What a pleasure, man, to come back and you know, and, and have a special day like this, man. I'm very thankful to the university and, uh, you know, it's humbling. When's the last time you were back in Ypsilanti? Well, I came, my fact, I came for the homecoming game, you know, so I got a chance to see the football uh, team win. Um, I got a chance to see that spectacular stadium that we have now. So, um, you know, I'll be coming back every now and then, um, you know, this is the, the stage that uh, gave me an opportunity to be known around the country, uh, you know, with my basketball. And, and I'm very thankful. Um, this is where I got my honorary doctor's degree here at Easton. So I have a great relationship with this school. I talked with Stan Heath a little while ago, and he talked about the importance of you coming back. He had you talk to his team and share some of your stories with them. And I know you can't share everything you said with them, but what was your thoughts to them, what did you express to the team about your time at Eastern Michigan? To let them know how short a time they really have. You know, um, you got to take advantage of this opportunity. Um, time go by quicker than people think. Um, I would ask them to work hard, you know. Um, you know, you're on stage, so you got to look at it that this may be the only time you can shine. You know, injury is always part of the game. I mean, you know, you got to consider that. So you got to dedicate yourself. Um, and then you got to have fun. You know, I just think that's just so important. Um, I had fun when I played, you know, and I put in the work. So, you know, if you put in the work, you usually get good results. So, you know, that's what I tell young people, period. You know, um, you know, man, put in the work, man. You know, make this sacrifice this short period of time that you got, and um, you'll be proud of yourself. You put in a lot of work when you were here. Scored a lot of points, got in the 1,000-point club. Um, it, it, it was a special time when you played here. And what does it mean to come back and have the crowd that we're having today and everything circling around you and the time that you played here? I mean, again, it's humbling. I mean, um you know, you, you just don't take things for granted, you know. Um, I'm a relationship kind of man. Um, that's what means the most to me um, is, is, is the relationship that I have with people, you know, my my God and my wife, my children. Um, and to have this relationship with this university, um, you know, is special. It is special. It's a special university. And and. Can you talk a little bit about what brought you to to Ypsilanti, why, why you chose to play for Eastern Michigan? Well, you know, I went to Long Beach State when I first got out of high school, you know, and I went there to California. I'm from Michigan, obviously from Detroit, and I've never been nowhere, and I got homesick. 
You know, um, it, it didn't have anything to do with Long Beach's program. Um, it just had everything to do with me. I wanted to be home. I'm a relationship. I'm a relationship guy. You know, Gary Tyson, who was my point guard in high school, was playing here. You know, I had some other teammates that played football was here. So I missed that. You know, so I called Jim Dutcher up and um, called Doc Sims up and told him I wanted to come home. And I took the red eye and came on back home and uh, signed up with uh, uh, Eastern Michigan. So I, I was glad that the opportunity was still here. And when you went to play pro basketball, the, the, the Phoenix Suns, did you even know where Phoenix was? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. You know, I didn't know where Phoenix was. And, you know, and I went out there and, 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 and practiced and tried out, but... You know, Phoenix wasn't for me. Um, you know, my route to the pros was something special. You know, um, I'm probably one of the first guys to ever shoot for their contract. So um, I, I'm very thankful with my relationship again with uh, Eastern Michigan. And again, I, I tell people now, this is was my stage to prove that I can play on that next level. And I'll never forget it. The nickname, the Iceman. So I went back and looked to see if I could figure out. And one said, it's your cool demeanor, which we can see now. Someone else said, it's because the guy never sweat. <laughs> I did that. I was 175 pounds. I didn't have no water in me. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, there's a lot of stories behind it. Fatty Taylor, who's, you know, no longer here. He passed a few years ago, gave me that name. And it was my style, you know, my style coming from Detroit. I always dressed well. You know, I mean, the inner city of Detroit, you know, you, you know, you dress like where you from. I always wore gaiters. You know, I wore suits and, and sport coats and stuff. So I always like looking good and, um, and and bringing that kind of to the south in Virginia really kind of shook them guys up, man. So, you know, Fatty came up with that Iceman name and uh, never knew, man, it was going to be recognized like it is around the world. A lot of guys like me love the poster of you on the ice throne with the two ice basketballs. It's an iconic shoot. Yeah, it is. I, I, I remember doing it. See, and, and and if you really look at that poster, that's real ice. I was in the studio um, when they when we went to the ice house and they made the ice throne right there in front of me. You know, um, never in my life thought that poster was going to be as accepted as it is uh, around the country. Um and I still have mine. Um, but people always ask me today and tell me, man, I had that poster, George. Man, I had that poster in my room. I had that poster in my dorm. So I, I, I never knew it, man, that it was going to be as uh, famous as it turned out to be. And I'm very proud of Nike for creating it. Last question. Final thoughts here. It's, it's a day honoring George, the Iceman, Gervin, your your final thoughts as, as the celebration continues. I'm thanking Eastern Michigan for a couple of reasons. Um, I met my wife here. Me and my wife just celebrated our 45th anniversary. You know, um, I, I, I thank Eastern Michigan for letting me have this opportunity to, to play basketball here. And I thank Eastern Michigan for this day that they, they honored me with, and I'm very humbled about it. Thank you, George. Have a fantastic day. Uh, thank you very much. This has been another edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast. 
Powered by Learfield and presented by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Tune in every Monday for new episodes all year long. And don't forget to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts for all of our episodes on demand.